Leverage is using something you already have to achieve something new or better. In business, you have four types of leverage if we're really going to simplify it. And in increasing order, those types of leverage are first, labor, hiring people or your own labor. The second type of leverage is capital, deploying others' money, investor money or your own money. The third type of leverage is code. That means software. Build it once, have many users. And the greatest type of leverage is, can you guess it? Media. Build content or create content once, and you could get millions of impressions on a single piece of content. The content also lives on and has benefits for SEO, brand equity, increased site traffic, exposure. It's a form of leverage where the content itself can also be an ad for the product, service, business, or brand, unlike the other three types of leverage. So it really is a one-stop shop. Again, the four types of leverage, labor, capital, code, media. Media being the most powerful, where the input is small and the output is potentially huge. This concept is from a recent episode of The Game with Alex Hermozzi. I am so into his podcast lately. It's business, marketing, and sales. Pretty much every episode has gems. I will link to it in the show notes. Definitely check it out. Quite a bright guy. Incredibly, he's only 30 years old. Um, You can look him up and, and see why. He's so impressive and smart when it comes to business. So let's talk some more about leverage. I want to tell you a story. I've had a few different businesses. My first real business, I would say, was my online bakery, my Etsy shop, and it had very low leverage. So it's interesting because I've been thinking recently, I've been very nostalgic about this Etsy shop. This was 2009 when I had it, and I had it for a few years, and it was never a major moneymaker, but I'm going to read you my little tweet thread that I wrote about it. I'm getting inspired about storytelling more lately. I think I read last episode was an email that I wrote to you guys, and now I'm reading you a tweet thread. These are stories. Let's let's tell more stories, right? I get very into stats, and this podcast, I think, could be a lot more interesting if I tell more stories, because I've got a lot of them. I'll always give you some stats, too, to really qualify what I'm saying, but this is the thing with the Etsy shop and how I ended up going from a bakery to a building a SaaS tool in the last two and a half years, which is Wealth Voice, which has very high leverage, by the way. So there's a photo. The title of the photo is Chocolate Chip Cookies Baked in a Jar. The photo was taken November 28th, 2009, popped up in my essentially time hop exactly 13 years ago. Wow. So my first business, it was an Etsy shop called Adora Jar Bakery. I started this in Ann Arbor after I graduated from Michigan. Today, you would call this a side hustle. That was not a term back then. It was just my weird bakery that I did after work. And I sold jar cakes. This is why I call it weird. I, maybe you could call it unique. Uh, they were desserts baked in a jar with a magical one-month shelf life. And I did all different flavors, uh, cookies, cakes, Brownies, all of these can be baked in a jar. Any quick bread, in fact. I never made big bucks, just some pocket change for beer and the unfortunate fashion trends of 2010, like those huge owl necklaces. And this was pre-Amazon Fresh, way before Etsy IPO'd. It was very easy to set up the shop, but it wasn't easy to actually make it happen. Everything was manual. You couldn't just have anything show up at your house in two hours. Boxes, shipping, stamps, packaging, all of it was manual. And I had a digital camera. I didn't even have an iPhone. So I'm uploading these grainy photos of my jar cakes trying to make the ribbons look pretty and get people to buy them. 
I had two or three other jobs at the same time. When I got a corporate marketing job, I think it was two or three years after I had started the Etsy shop, I would still mail out the jar cakes at USPS on my lunch break. So I'd wait in line in Buckhead, Atlanta, praying that the glass jars wouldn't break en route to Iowa or Arizona or Vermont and that no one would get food poisoning because I didn't know what I was doing in the kitchen. I kind of did, but there were definitely no regulations. Like you could sell anything online. Who knows what's in it? Rat poison? I never advertised. I just used Etsy's old school keyword tool and my $100 digital camera. Hundreds of people ordered my unique, delicious jar cakes, and it was fun. I like physical businesses. I like digital businesses in a different way because they're unlimited. Back to leverage, code, software, unlimited. The third type of leverage, but it's not media. Adore Jar Bakery had low leverage. My cost of goods sold was always X. My labor, my time was always Y. My profit was limited by those no matter what, because cake is a physical product. If you build software, your leverage is unlimited. Same thing with selling a course, even selling a book once you write it. You can only paint so many toenails or groom so many dogs or bake so many jar cakes, but code is near infinite. So what? I loved my little bakery. I made up boozy cake flavors, vegan, gluten-free. It was creative passion. I hand calligraphed the labels. I loved it. It was a very customer service oriented thing as well because it was Etsy, old school Etsy. So what was your first business? Even if it failed or never went anywhere, do you miss it? Do you have nostalgia for that low leverage physical business? Mowing lawns, that's a great one. Delivering newspapers, maybe you're a paper boy. So this, this wealth voice is a high leverage business. And there is definitely a customer service, high touch element to it because I've made it a premium white glove experience. I know all my customers, I'm friends with all of them. Like we text. That doesn't make it an infinitely scalable SaaS. It never was meant to be that. I didn't set out to build the SaaS in the style of a $19 a month MailChimp-esque tool. And that's fine. Not everything has to be massive. You know, so many small businesses, which are really the backbone of our country, are not unicorn companies. We're so obsessed with that, but you don't need to be a unicorn company to do something cool or satisfying. Maybe you want to be a baker. And that's fine. Maybe you can do something special with your jar cakes. I mean, I was doing Guinness, gluten-free, Jack Daniels flavors. It was all over the place and it was a lot of fun. So this leverage thing, if you're looking at it really strategically though, and you've got a business right now, media is your best friend. You don't want to hire more people. That'll cost you salary, employee taxes, healthcare, especially if they're full-time, it's expensive. And then you have to manage them. This costs time, this costs money. Then if you've got capital, sure, you might have investors. That's more cooks in the kitchen. I didn't want investors. I wanted to build this thing completely bootstrapped and see what would happen. Can you make it work without investors? Here's your budget. Emily, you're allowed to spend this much money to create this thing and make it happen. And it has. It is profitable. Adore Jar Bakery maybe wasn't profitable, but I wasn't tracking my expenses. Like, I don't know. My jar cakes cost $8.50 each plus shipping. Shipping was like $5. The whole thing was very 2009. I think it's interesting though, if you can go back and look at things you've sold, what leverage model you were using, what gave you the most passion or what you enjoyed the most, take it, try to do it again, but use one of those forms of leverage, ideally code software or media, and you'll really get the most out of it and also enjoy it. I'll talk to you next time.